Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Kelly Kuzman. And Kelly is the owner and founder of Kayla Gray. Kayla Gray is a luxury line of clean fragrances. And during this episode, Kelly explains all about her business and what it involves, how she got to where she is now. And really, this is a vulnerable episode as she shares the backstory of how she transformed her pain into purpose after losing two babies and nearly losing her own life as well in the process. I love vulnerable shares and I love it when people really use their story and create something different in the world that makes an impact. And that is exactly what Kelly is doing in this episode. And I cannot wait for you to listen. Welcome to the show today, Kelly. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I can't wait to get started. Awesome. Well, Kelly and I actually met in a mastermind last year and we crossed paths and then we have been working to connect to do this podcast. So I'm thrilled to have her here. She's going to be able to explain why it's been so challenging in the last little, which I love. It's all amazing. It's all perfect. Everything is perfect time. Can you tell us where you are from? Yes. I'm originally born and raised in Wisconsin um, and actually moved to Arizona about 11 years ago. Oh, nice. Nice. You are, can I ask you if you are a reader and if you are, can you share a book that has been impactful for you? Yeah, I'm definitely a reader. I would say the most impactful book over the last year has been Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's just a super refreshing take on a lot of things that are happening like currently in our world. She gives a different spin on it and it really, the whole book just kind of blew me away. Mm-hmm. See, now I know I would get along because that's literally <laughs> one of my, one of my favorite books from last year. And I would even go as far as like love warrior by Glennon mm-hmm. Doyle. It's like seven or eight years old, but it was the book that helped me to see that, wait, you can share a story vulnerably. That was the eye opener book. And I followed her for years. I love her work. Oh, I'm going to have to find that book. Actually. Yeah. I have not read that one yet. Yeah. It's probably the most vulnerable share I've ever read before, but it was one of the first ones. And I just, I love who she is and how she shows up in the world. Absolutely love it. Great. Totally agree. What is something that lights you up and drives you? Um, so many things. I think one thing that really lights me up and drives me currently is I talk a lot about being present in the moment. And so I think for me, something that gets me so excited is when I catch myself being present in the moment. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but we go through our days so quickly and move so quickly through our to-do lists and checklists. And anytime I sit down and reflect and can pause in a moment to see something really beautiful that I wouldn't have seen otherwise, I, I get super excited and run down to my office and write it down immediately because I want to remember that memory forever. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Being present in the moment is not an easy thing to do right? It's not an easy thing to do. So how did you learn how to do that? 
through building my company, actually. There's so many different stories around it. But I think one thing I realized through the last, I would say, four years of my life is that life is short. It's not guaranteed. And, um, you know, I went through some things that kind of helped me see that. And one of the things that it also helped me see is that I was missing the really beautiful moments in life because I was rushing and moving and trying to get to the next goal, trying to, you know, do the next thing, get to the next promotion or whatever it may be within my career that I was missing all of the beautiful things that were around me each and every day. And so it it became a huge focus of mine over the last few years. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that is something a lot of people can relate to is we're always like going next goal, next goal, next goal, that sometimes we completely lose the whole premise of right now. And we can't, we're spending all this time and energy and things that we cannot control that we have like zero control over, but we certainly can control how we show up. So as you share there in the fact that, you know, you learned over the last four years, how to be more present in the moment, wherever you feel comfortable, you can dive into what you have come through these last four years. And then we're just going to take that into how that's inspired you to do what you're doing now. Yeah, I would love to share my story. So as I had mentioned, I was born and raised in Wisconsin, spent a ton of time outside running around as little kids in nature you're lucky enough to get to see the seasons change. And I loved seeing how really the earth was reborn every season, how we kind of go dormant in winter. And then all of a sudden spring, literally everything is reborn. Colors are coming, scents are coming to you differently. It was always just such a huge part of my upbringing. I was always a bit beauty obsessed, which is so funny when you think about nature and then beauty. To me, they're totally intertwined, but some people may think of them as very different, Mm -hmm. very two different types of people. But as I grew older, I landed my dream job and it was as an assistant buyer in fragrances. So I got to, you know, kind of meld the two nature and beauty together. I remember in, there was a moment as we were kind of sampling new fragrances, there was a moment that I smelled this one scent called Demeter Tomato. And the tomato scent literally brought me back to a moment in time in my mom's garden when I was little. Mm-hmm. And it was in that moment that I realized how much fragrance actually makes memories tangible. And I just totally fell in love with that and just thought it was beautiful. So that's quite, kind of always been a thread throughout my life. I worked my way up in retail and always wanted to do my own thing. was just too scared to leave the steady paycheck. Um, Yes, the guarantee. Exactly. Yes. Yes. The stability, the perceived stability of a corporate job. But my dad was an entrepreneur and he kind of showed me that you can have your own path if you're brave enough to risk it and if you work hard enough for it. So I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I just never did it. So in 2010, I moved to Arizona for a new job and I actually met my husband a few years later. We got married and wanted to expand our family. I have two amazing stepsons, but you know, I wanted to try for babies of my own. And in 2017, I suffered from a ruptured ectopic pregnancy and almost lost my life that day, as well as we lost our first baby. And it happened again in 2018. And it was really after those two moments and a lot of therapy that I knew it was time to start my dream business, that life is not guaranteed, that every single moment is one to be grateful for and not take for granted. And so I started working on my new business as a side hustle. I knew my heart was in fragrance. So I started working on that, learning the art of perfumery and named the company Kayla Gray because it was going to be the name of the first baby that we lost. And I wanted a way to kind of really honor that heartbreak that we went through by creating products that create new memories for other people. So really tying together that the fragrance makes memories tangible thing for me. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I have one of your scents right here and it's called Petals. 
And I love it. It was gifted to me. I remember a couple of things when I first heard you speak, talking about fragrances and how they bring us back in time to memories. And I don't think I ever looked at it that way until you said that. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know what? There are certain things that you smell and it takes you right back to this. So I love that concept with fragrances. So we're going to get into your company and a little bit more of what you do, because this has been like, if you think about it, this has only been the last four years that things have really, you have come through a lot Two ectopic pregnancies definitely not minor. I mean, I'm glad that you are here with us. I know that that is a major health risk. How did you come through some, obviously a physical recovery that you have to come through, but then there's also the mental and the emotional. And how did you make it through some of those times where you were like, okay, I don't want to stay here, but I don't know what to do next. I think right away, like after the first loss, I didn't understand what like mentally what it had done to me, like how it had affected me. I knew physically, right. Because I was going through all of the still had the same hormones that you do when you're pregnant. So Mm -hmm. still working through all of that, working through the really heightened emotions that I was feeling at the time and really just trying to control what I could control, which wasn't a lot at that point in time, emotions kind of overtook everything. So there was a period of time where it was pretty dark for me. I was kind of disconnected. I was, you know, not talking a whole lot and I fell into a bit of a depression and me, therapy has kind of been a thread throughout my entire life that I have found that going and talking to somebody who is neutral in your life can bring, can shed so much light on things that, and help you see things differently than you would have seen if you were just trying to push through hard times on your own. And so luckily for me, therapy had always been a lifeline. And I just knew in my gut that I was moving through my days with a numbness that I just couldn't shake, you know? And so I started going to therapy. I actually got on antidepressants for about six months to kind of rise above the murkiness that I was feeling um, in order to help me think a little bit clearer to then start to work through the pain and the emotion of losing the babies. It's an area that not a lot of people talk about. So I appreciate you going here. And I know when I think we went through four miscarriages, I know like different aspects, not ectopic, but different aspects. And it certainly is a challenge. And it's such a thing that you also, whenever you're going through, a vulnerable or difficult situation, you're so open to comments from other people. And some things, some people say the most beautiful things and other people say things. And I still look back and go, oh my God, they actually said that. Like people just say things because they don't know what to do. Yeah. But doing your work on yourself and through therapy, I, I, I'm a big proponent of it as well. You can start to see that people just respond because that's based on what they know, where they come from, what their experience is, and it's not personal. So again, you have to do that work on yourself. I think that, you know, grieving is very hard. It's one thing that I noticed through both of my losses that exactly what you're saying, like nobody will probably say the right thing, but everybody's intent is good. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that I really was working on through therapy. Like I know their intent is good. Yes, their words may sting because it's not exactly what I needed to hear in that moment, but very few people have been in the same boat that you have been in before. And grief is interesting. It's, you know, as soon as the event, whatever it is happens that causes the grief, all of your friends and family surround you. And then everybody goes back to their normal life. But here's the problem. You aren't going back to your normal life. You have changed. Mm -hmm. You have shifted as a person. And so it's almost like relearning who you are after going through grief and kind of changing and shifting your life and your outlook because of that moment. It's an opportunity that is overwhelming and scary if you're trying to do it by yourself. 
And another thing I noticed that was really tough is that for whatever reason, fertility issues has a a stigma on it that's a little bit shameful. And I it was shocking to me going through it that I I I wasn't always comfortable talking about it. Mm-hmm. But it's so prevalent and it's it's actually becoming way more common than not. And I found that after I launched my company and started sharing my story, so many women were in my DMs telling me their stories and saying that they don't feel as alone because I'm talking about mine. So it's there's just so many layers, so many different layers over these last four years that I have kind of come to learn and realize. Thank you for saying that. And thank you for sharing that because that's like the premise of this whole show, all the work I believe in, because it's not until we start talking that we change the story. And as soon as we start talking about, you know, what we're feeling, what our emotions are, all those things, then we start to normalize it and we help others just by going first. It's literally just by going first. I know years ago, nobody was talking about stuff like this. And I'm like, okay, so if no one talks, then I must be the only person who is going through this. And now we've got I see so much more talking and I love it. And I think it's so important. I'm assuming you felt this. Did you go through a space where as you started to share and show up there, it also healed, helped you to heal on different levels? A hundred percent. I think, you know, a lot of people I'll share my story if I'm, you know, at a pop-up or if I'm, you know, at an event or something like that in person. And a lot of people will say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had to share that, or you continue to have to share your story or continue to have to talk about it. And I always say, actually, this is really beautiful and healing for me because not only it helps keep the memories of my babies alive, it also it's just a way to kind of honor the heartbreak that I went through by bringing life to it and showing people that it's okay, it's out there, it happens, and that we don't have to be alone. So yeah, I 100% agree Beautiful. with you. It, it helps. It, it totally helps help. to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. So as you're going through this, then when was the point where you went, I think I'm going to start my own company? Like, where was that point? Because you also were working full-time in a corporate job. Okay, yeah. so take us through yeah. that a little bit. It was really after my second ectopic pregnancy. I had spent, which was almost, it was a year after we found out we were pregnant with the first one. So it happened, it all happened pretty quickly. But it was after the second month that I was like, okay, did I not wake up enough after the first moment that happened? Like I literally almost lost my life that day. I'll never forget the entire moment that it happened when we were in the ER and the doctor told us that you know, I was minutes away from losing my life. And then, you know, had another ectopic pregnancy. And it was kind of like, hello, like, wake up, wake up, you know, and it was really after that second time, I knew that I was being called to do something different. And so I just started plugging away and dreaming and putting one foot in front of the other writing ideas down, taking notes, taking classes, because I knew I was meant to do something more. The company I was working for at the time was a beautiful company. And they were so good to me for over a decade, but I knew I was meant to do something different. And so I just, I knew it. I knew it in my soul that I needed to start working on it. Oh, I love, I can't tell you how many times people say that on the show where they're like, I knew I was meant to do something more. I knew I was meant to do something, but then the thought of feeling like I need to do something else. And then the actual action steps to make that happen. That is a gap that some people never jump. Like they never make that, which is fine, which is totally fine. But to make that jump into where you are now, it's a big leap, right? It's a very big leap. So 
when you decided that you wanted to start this company, was everybody very encouraging or did some people want you to say, okay, like this is a big undertaking. Maybe you shouldn't. What was your, what was your world like at that time? I was working full-time. I was the senior director at a large corporation at the time. And so I was already working long hours and long days, but I had been in retail for over 17 years. And so I actually kind of knew how to start a brand and start a product-based business based off of all of the years I had, all the experience I had. And so honestly, it was kind of, I didn't tell a ton of people at first. I started kind of diving into it in 2019 and just started taking classes. I used it as like a learning experience for me, something to kind of excite me again, you know, whereas I, you know, going back into my old life, it just, my old life wasn't my old life anymore. Like I was saying earlier, I had changed. And so I needed to change what I was physically doing as a result of it. So really my husband was the first one that I kind of talked to about, you know, this dream and this idea. I'll never forget one day he kind of pulled me aside and said, Kelly, I just want to tell you how much I support you starting this business. He said, I get teary-eyed every time I say it. He said, you have your spark back. You're my Kelly that I met when I, you know, that when we first met, like you're there, you're back. I see it. I see the happiness and twinkle in your eye again. He goes, I will always stand behind you and support you hundred percent of this in this new business. Yeah. And so I have goosebumps. That's beautiful. It was awesome. I mean, just to have it's because it's scary, you know, and we had talked about, you know, someday I'm going to leave this stability, this corporate job, like it's scary. And so we just started preparing by saving money and, you know, just getting used to the fact that we'll be living on less and that that will be worth it in the end. So yeah, and then I started telling my family and they were all super excited. My dad, I would sit down and just have like vision meetings with him to talk about like all the things I was going to do. And it was just so fun to connect with him in that special way. So everybody was really supportive, which was awesome. (laughs) It's not always the case, but it's It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. It also put pressure on me that like, okay, I've got all this support. Now I need to make this work. (laughs) (laughs) I love to make this happen. Oh, but I love how you said like you, it sounds like from the beginning, you knew this was going to be like an all in option. This was not like, this is not my side hustle that I'm going to do while I keep my corporate job. The vision was to go from here to work this full time. Yeah. For me, I I just have, I'm a very type A person. And so once I'm in something, I am all in on it. Like it, and I've always loved to work. I would work 24 seven. If I don't, if I didn't have a family, <laughs> like I just really enjoy it. I don't know why I'm one of those weird people that just like, I just love it. I love accomplishing and, you know, I love a to-do list and checking something off. I get super pumped about it. And it's very odd, but I just love it. No. I love it, love it, love it. So I knew if I got into something I was super passionate about, like I was just, it was going to be hard to stop me. So I knew I would go all in on it a hundred percent. That's awesome. So when you did that from the point you started it to the point that you left your job, what was that window of time? So I started, it was about 18 months. So I launched the business, like physically launched it, launched my website, put everything, all products up for sale and everything on Black Friday of 2020. So that was only seven, eight months ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 I remember this. Yes. So I had started working on it about a year-ish prior, a little bit less. And then left my full-time corporate job in May. Uh, I put my notice in at the beginning of April and you know, left at the end of May in 2021. So yeah, about an 18-month turnaround, which was, I wasn't sure when. I knew if my goal was that in the first six months, if I hit my 
sales projections every single month, but that would be my, okay, let's do this. And I did. And then I was like, oh my gosh, we're actually (laughs) doing this. I'm actually going to do it. And I did. And it was so scary. I didn't sleep for like a week, but yeah, I, I can't even imagine my life any other way now. Oh, I love it. Tell us the products that you have, like more specifically what it is and what products you have. So Kayla Gray is a luxury clean fragrance company. And one thing that I was so bummed about is when I got pregnant, I realized that I couldn't wear any of my favorite perfumes. And, you know, as you heard, my story is very centered around fragrance. And so I was just so sad about that and sad about like even the candles that I was burning in my house. I couldn't burn anymore because of the toxins and parabens and phthalates and everything that were in the products. I had no idea. So A, I felt super naive, not knowing that all these horrible things were in products that I was putting on my body every day. And B, I was horrified that I didn't know that until I was pregnant and that there weren't a ton of resources or products out there available for people, you know, that had health concerns or just wanted to have better products. And so it was really important for me to make sure that all of our products are cleanly formulated. So they're all non-toxic, hypoallergenic. Currently, we have perfumes and candles and full-size perfumes, roller balls, and then candles. And then we're going to be expanding into some bath and body products this fall, as well as a couple seasonal scents. Oh, I love it. I didn't know. I was wondering if it was going to go bath and body products. I was curious if there would be. I love that. So you've recently just left, right? You've recently just left. When you did the Black Friday launch, what was that experience like? Because I did get to see it from this end of it, but I'm just curious from your end, what was that like? It was wild trying to develop and launch a business during COVID. I would say the there were good and bad things. The hard stuff was all of the raw material shortages, all of the production delays by packaging, you know, was going to be delayed for about six months. And then I got a phone call one day in October, or no, it was beginning of November. Um, They said, Oh, hey, your packaging is going to be available within the next three weeks. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, I was planning to launch in January. But I was like, if I can get ahead of holiday sales, like, let's Mm -hmm. figure this out. So it was a total mad scramble to kind of get everything up and running in time for Black Friday while still working a full-time job and managing a large team and everything. So it was crazy. It was chaotic. I think the one beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing coming out of you know the chaos of trying to launch a business in 2020 was I was shocked. And I don't know why. I think I was shocked because I've been in retail for so long that typically it's a very cutthroat competitive industry. And I was shocked at how much other entrepreneurs and small businesses were willing to help me get my business off the ground. I was blown away by the selflessness, by the amount of people that were willing to mentor and help me for absolutely nothing in return. And I think it completely shifted my entire mentality around product retail in general, you know, and that one of the reasons I wanted to build this brand the way that I did is to make it different. And I thought I was going to have a lot harder of a time making it different and being inclusive and I really didn't. And because I guess I just never came across those types of entrepreneurs in my past. And so that was something really beautiful that came out of the year. So it was crazy wild, but the people I've networked with and met and have become very good friends of mine made it all worth it for sure. I love that. I love that. I think that that has been an eye opener for a lot of people, but 
the businesses that I see that did really well last year, or the people who started businesses, or whether they're coaches or products, there was just this common thread of collaboration and connecting and supporting and sharing. When people say to me, well, no, no, that's like, that doesn't exist. I'm like, then you're in the wrong circles because I'm telling you it fully, fully exists. Like people do actually support each other. And I mean, I could say firsthand, I can't tell you how many times I saw your stuff shared amongst all kinds of different coaches, different platforms, different businesses. And I'm like, oh my God, I love it. Like I absolutely love seeing other people share and support their businesses. I think it's so beautiful. And I, you know, it's definitely one of my missions to make sure I pay that forward and, you know, help other small businesses that are new within the product space, like anything I can do to help them with resources or strategy or anything like that. Or like you're saying, just sharing everybody else's message, supporting small business is such a huge, important thing. And I think everybody has seen that more in 2020 than they ever have before. And hopefully that momentum will continue to go forward. When you spend a dollar with a small business, you're supporting mm-hmm. a person, a family, a heart-filled mission. And it is, it's so beautiful. So why, why would we not want to support each other and kind of be there and do anything we could do to kind of help lift each other up? And you know, I never saw that more than I did over this last mm-hmm. year. So that's been pretty awesome. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I can say this is especially, so we're in Ontario. We're like literally just opening up one of our, I don't even know, stages, whatever you want to call it from the pandemic. And sorry, that was like very blatant that I was, that didn't need to come across quite that, but it, you know, it's, we've been in a really interesting constant state of lockdown here. Like it has been unreal. Now, over the last year, one of the things like we have one butcher that we go to, we have a couple of restaurants that we go to. They're very specific ones. I kept saying last year, my husband and I would talk about it. And I said, you know, like the people who can figure this out, they are going to excel. They're not even, they're not even going to stay afloat. They're going to excel. And we watched a couple of the, cause we're in a city, but we have a lot of small businesses and there was a number of them that actually coordinated and collaborated together. So if I went to the butcher, I would find all of the curry sauce from one of my favorite restaurants. They had partnered up. And then the, the place where I got the restaurant, where I got the curry sauce, they actually had products in theirs from the butcher. Like people, they were cross collaborating in ways that was beautiful. Social media, they were supporting each other. They were doing things. And, you know, I look at it. And that to me is definitely some foresight that people had and went, okay, we've got to work together and we have to support each other. And so we were watching these physical products actually connect and collaborate and support each other. And I, I mean, I guarantee you some of them, yes, many businesses have been hit this last year. There's no way they haven't, but I can tell you that some of the ones that I have seen have worked their tails off this last year. I'm sure they're actually even doing better than they were a year ago. Yeah. I think there's, I've been, you know, hearing a lot and meeting and networking with a lot of other small business owners and the ones that have been able to like pivot and quickly get an online business up and running or, you know, a delivery service or, Mm -hmm. you know, a pickup option, a local pickup option, or exactly what you're saying, like collaborating with other businesses in order to lift and rise each other. They are doing well, but it is about pivoting quickly and figuring out how the customer needs and customer shopping habits are changing. That's a big deal. You got to move quickly. Yeah. You, what you said there was so good. And I think this is a mistake that I, I, I'm sure I've made, lots of us have made, but the people who did pivot this past year and looked at it from the customer's point of view of how can we make this better for the customer? How can we make this easier for the customer? What can we do? And not about us personally, they really did rise more together. 
hundred percent. It's all about the customer. I mean, if you don't have customers, you're not in business. So if there's any way to make their life more exciting to kind of relieve some of the stress and anxiety that's been going on over the last year, just make their days easier. Uh, customers are, are all in. And honestly, sometimes they're willing to spend a little bit more to support small businesses that will go the extra mile for them because they know that they're supporting something that means something. Yeah. I, I, that is, that is so true. I heard some from some of the people that I know that are servers. They're like, I couldn't believe how much some people tipped this past year. Like they tipped when we were doing cake takeout or when they were doing, and it's just, I think that I want to believe that at least during this time of the pandemic, a lot of us have worked hard to see how it has affected other people and being able to look at it from someone else's point of view. So it certainly has been, it's been an unbelievable year period. And now you have, like, if I look at what you've done over this past year, you've taken the pandemic time, you've launched a business, a physical product, far different than me jumping on Zoom and doing some coaching. This is very different. And you've taken that and then launched the business and now have made it your full-time income, which is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So tell us, like, what are some of the biggest challenges you have with launching and running as a physical product? There's always a few things. One is money. (laughs) No, just say it. (laughs) Launching a product-based business is very expensive. And so you could be sitting on a ton of inventory. And if people don't know about your product, they're not going to buy your inventory and you don't have money to then reinvest into new inventory. And so I think for any product-based business that are starting, you have to really understand and know that there is some upfront capital that needs to be invested. There's smart ways to do it. I mean, you don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to start a product-based business. But I think really understanding that you need you need money to make money in a product-based business is it's important. To, to your point, it's different than a service-based business mm-hmm. where it's about you and your beautiful skill set. This is about the product and whether or not this product is going to meet the demands of the customer. And so for me, that's always running my profit and loss statements constantly. Like I do it weekly. I should probably not do it weekly, but it's <laughs> super important to be on top of those numbers to make sure that your margins are covering all of your costs. And so I would say that is a challenge just in general in any product-based business. And then I would say the other challenge is really the customer shopping patterns have changed. The way they shop has changed and it's evolving and continuing to change. I'll give you an example. We had our best month ever in May. And then the following month in June was, it was a, a quieter month and it was, it's because everybody here in the U.S. is getting back out and doing things more. And they're going out, they're, they're doing experiences, they're getting out to restaurants, they're going to events, they're doing things differently. They're not in their home online shopping because really who wants to do that anymore? Like it's, they're tired of it, they're sick of it. And so again, this is an opportunity for businesses to pivot, to figure out, okay, what is the next six months going to look like? Are shopping patterns going to return back to normal or are they going to change again? So I think the challenge in any product-based business is figuring out how customer shopping patterns have changed and how they're going to continue to evolve because they will. We're not done changing yet. So it's just kind of staying on top of it and pivoting as quickly as you can. Oh, thank you for those tips. Like I said, I this is something I have never touched in. So I know it's brand new, but I love and appreciate you sharing that. So what has been your top seller? What is what is something that has been a top seller for you? Our top sellers are Cozy Perfume and Cozy Candle. People just love it. So Cozy's are, it's like our creamy fall scent. It's got vanilla, patchouli, musk, a little bit of sheer linen and tonka bean in it. Uh, and everybody just loves that. It's, it's definitely our number one seller, but not far behind it is our water scent, which is 
very summery. It's got like a, a kind of ton of cucumber, lotus flower, cedar wood, mm. uh, violet leaves. And I think people are loving that now more because it's summer and they're just wanting a lighter fragrance. So we've got four different scents and one for each season is kind of how I developed them because that's kind of the way that I wear fragrance. I like to change it up with the season. And so it's been cool to see like when we launched, it was really cozy and hearth. Hearth is our like more smoky, woodsy one and kind of shift into more petals and water as like the seasons change, which was what I was intending. And so it's super exciting to see it actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's beautiful. I love that. What is something that you have learned about yourself in this process that you are either surprised or proud or what something you've learned about yourself? I would say we kind of touched on it at the beginning of our conversation is that after I had lost the babies, I was hyper aware of things around me that I didn't notice before because I was working up the, I was working my way up the corporate ladder. I was working towards the next goal. I was checking off my to-do list. I was, you know, so focused on the next thing that I was missing really beautiful moments. And so after life just kind of slowed down a little bit for me after losing those two babies and almost losing my life. And I, I found myself I would be at dinner at my, you know, at a family celebration, a birthday or something like that. And we would all be rushing around to kind of make sure the dinner was getting prepared or we had everything ready to go or, you know, making sure all the, my nieces and nephews, all the little kids had all the things that they needed. And so there was a moment that I was in the kitchen getting things ready and helping, you know, everybody prepare. In the corner, I could see my two nephews giggling uncontrollably at like, it was just like the stupidest thing ever. I don't, they were just like making fun of like tooting noises or I don't even know what it was, but it was just ridiculous (laughs) boys. They were being boys and they were laughing so hard. I started cracking up laughing and I thought to myself, I would not have noticed this moment Mm. had I not gone through kind of the things that I had gone through enough to be aware that I'm not present in my everyday moments. And there are so many, like walking outside and looking up and seeing like beautiful clouds or like watching a sunset. I wasn't really doing any of that before. I was missing all of this beautiful stuff every day in my everyday life because I was just so busy. It was one thing that I really want to express within my company is kind of pausing in the moment, using our products to pause in the moment, whether it's spritzing a perfume on in the morning and using that moment to kind of think about the intentions you want to set for your day or lighting a candle at the end of the night to kind of honor the family time or even just alone time with yourself, you know, having a bath or reading a good book. Um, That was one thing that I learned about myself that I didn't realize I was doing before kind of those events happened, you know, really being present and soaking in all of the beautiful things, all of those moments that don't become memories unless you soak them in. And so turning moments into memories is something that's super important to me. Oh my gosh. What you just said there was so good because you, you can't turn them into memories if you don't pause and and you're not aware of them, right? Like you have to be stop and, and be aware of those moments and how many times, right. Do we have those moments that we just, we just kind of skirt past because we're going past the next thing and the next thing. And unfortunately if we're humans, it seems to take us a loss or a tragedy to recognize, slow down, realize that this is not, this is not how we want to be. And yeah, I think that that's, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so where is the best place to find and connect with you? Uh, you can find us on our website, which is kaylagray.com. It's C-A-Y-L-A-G-R-A-Y.com. Mm-hmm. Or we're all over Instagram at Kayla Gray Co. Um, so it's Kayla Gray with a CO at the end of it. Uh, and if anybody has any questions, feel free to DM us. Or you could also email us at info at kaylagray.com. 
Oh, I've seen some of your Instagram. It's absolutely stunning and beautiful. Like seriously, it's just absolutely beautiful. And when I look at it, I love it because it's like, oh, I want to try that one and I'll try that one. So I love it. Absolutely love it. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. A couple of quick questions for you, but what impact would you like to leave in this world? I think two things. A is kind of normalizing the conversation around infertility and helping women not feel so alone through that process. And then two is really kind of everything we were just talking about, pausing in the moment, kind of bringing awareness to the fact that we don't do that. And, you know, we lose so many things that could become beautiful memories because we just don't take a moment to kind of absorb it and, you know, embed that in our brain so that we can recall that later on. Mm -hmm. That's so true. That is so true. And it just, you've definitely put that thought even more so into my brain. So I thank you for that because as a person, I sometimes I think I I can go to the next thing and I, the to-do list is there and you plan and go. And it's not until sometimes you just literally give yourself permission to slow it down and be in that moment that it's like, Oh, I like I had this big tree in my backyard and I try and give myself give myself at least once a day in our nice seasons where I can sit, I just sit under it and I just sit, it might not even be reading. I might just be sitting and looking at this thing is like almost seven years old, covers our entire house. It's all shaded. It's like my favorite thing in the house, absolutely favorite thing. And taking those moments to just sit there, it's just beautiful. I love that. I do the same thing in the morning. I've got same thing, three huge trees that are 25 years old now. And a long time ago, they fell in a storm and now they kind of crawl along the ground and then like sprout up and they just create this beautiful canopy in our backyard. It's crazy. And I, same thing. I go out there every morning and I just, I'm still, I just sit, I listen to the birds. I look up and see what the sky looks like that day. And that's it. I try not, I try. I mean, it's, you know, not always successful, but I try to like clear my head and like, just be, you know, eventually things creep into my brain and I'm like, Oh, get out of there. But same same thing. I just something about trees that are just so stunning mm-hmm. and just feel so grounded. Yeah. It's a piece of nature. It's absolutely. And you came from the East coast. So you do know how we have our seasons compared to Arizona. Sure right? do. Sure yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's funny as I get older, I get like less patient with how long our winter can be. Sometimes I'm I like, know. I just want, I just want it warmer. So I love my <laughs> tree. I love my tree. <laughs> Well, I have absolutely loved this conversation. I thank you so much for everything you have shared with us. I'll make sure everything is in your show notes for people to find you and reach you and connect with you. And I have one more question for you is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Quite honestly, the do-over to kind of reset my mindset on the things that I want to do forward and, and how I want to impact the world go forward. So I'm most grateful for the opportunity to get to do that. Not very many people do get the opportunity at a second chance. No. And I think that even if they do have the opportunity, it doesn't mean that we always claim it. Yeah. Right. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Honestly, I've been so, it's been so good to have you here and to finally connect on the show. And I cannot wait to share this episode with the world. I had such a beautiful conversation with you today. So thank you so much. It just, I don't know. It was beautiful. So thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.